Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the first Chipman Brothers Tangent Podcast of 2021. As always, I'm Chris. I'm Bob. And before we get into our incessant ramblings of the day, I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price. Collaborating online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Cruz, Little Nikki, Robert V. Aldrich, Aaron Moriarty, Carolyn Thompson, Scott Arcuri, and Shore Hansen Gustad. Thank you all for allowing my crazy incessant ramblings to continue on the internet. Uh, today's podcast um, is brought to you since it's 2021 and we're talking positives. The fact that we'll be getting a new president later this month and hopefully not an evil fascist president. Hooray! 15, 15 days. 15 days. And, all, and also by the COVID-19 vaccine where people that I know who I live with, not live with, but are friends of mine and family members are finally starting to get. So it really is out there, folks. And, you know, don't let your crazy anti-vaxxer pharmacist friends tamper with it. Just take the vaccine. Yeah. Take take the fucking vaccine. Seriously, what the take fuck? The, take take the fucking vaccine. So um, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna take this. I will I will take the fucking vaccine. I don't care what it does. I right. don't care. What, Seriously, I, I, don't, I, I don't I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit what it does. I like like I I like it. All it does is like make it so you can't get COVID. But like if it did anything else. I don't fucking care so long as it also does that. I don't care if I turn into the nemesis from Res- Resident Evil. I will take the fucking vaccine. If you oh. turn into the nemesis from Resident Evil, just, you know, let me film it. I want to get out of my fucking house. So right? I will right? the fucking vaccine. Jesus. Um, yeah. So as is becoming a strangely regular segment on this show. So. Michael Keaton is Batman in a full movie? Possibly. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, n- nobody see nobody seems to know because I don't think they actually know because I don't think they're actually shooting anything yet, but they just keep announcing things. I, I just love that yes, there are only two Batmans, and these are the two. Robert Batins- Pattinson and Michael Keaton. So the Batman movie that hasn't come out yet. And yeah. the Batman that hasn't been Batman since 1992. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, I mean, I'm cool. I'm cool with, with more Michael Keaton, Batman. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, why? I, 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 mean, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any special insight currently into what's going on at Warner brothers because are they just are they... pulling the Marvel's been announcing other Spider-Men. So we might as well mention Batman's that people already know. <laughs> Not, I don't. No, I think they do have because I mean, uh, some of this tracks with what they were known to be doing. the The thing with the Warner Brothers stuff, the way that it's worked out before the pandemic stuff is that they would is that like the actual trades would announce or reveal just as part of you know, normal, old-fashioned studio release schedules, you know, like, big, elaborate projects, and because it's Warner Brothers and they do things other than these kind of movies, you know, a whole bunch of details would just get dropped into the mix by, you know, publicists and writers who didn't know that they were revealing details that people would care about. 
So it would be a whole bunch of business about, uh, and also the Flash sequel, based on the comic called Flashpoint, will involve the travel to something called a multiverse, and, you know, like, gigantic, earth-shaking details if you're a fan of this stuff, but if you're, you know, a grown-up who works for Warner Brothers and is in their 60s or whatnot, or has, like, normal interests and doesn't, like, professionally know this stuff, you don't know that this is a huge, important detail. Right. It reminds me of like, it reminds me of like, you know, even though the internet was much in the lower earlier doldrums, it's like, you know, did they really know when they announced Sam Raimi for Spider-Man or Peter Jackson for Lord of the Rings? Like what that like amazing geek squee all throughout the country and the world was, they're probably just like, Oh, I mean, we just hired some guys that were cheap. Like, <laughs> you well, know, those ones, those ones they knew about. I think this is a little closer to, um, like when a soap opera actor or anyone from the, the black theater circuit or, uh, oh, okay. that makes sense. 90s gets, uh, I think it's, it's closer to the, the closer analogy is when crash the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the one that won the Oscar, not the Cronenberg one. Uh, had a big had a big opening weekend, and at first everyone forgets that initially this was the story of that movie that that had a giant opening weekend, and the industry kind of went, you know, we didn't even promote this. What the hell happened? And what had happened was that because there were um, basically ludicrous and a couple other actors, um, black actors were in the movie um, who had very canny publicists, basically got. Uh, street teams out to uh, black radio stations, uh, you know, like when Hot 97 was a thing. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, like, over-promoted Crash as, you know, a an actual, you know, like a big Hollywood drama that was opening in, you know, a lot of theaters that had these actors who hadn't been in a theatrical movie uh, in a while uh, in this in this particular movie, and it got a bigger a bigger turnout than it was expected to have and the industry kind of went the hell and so i think it's closer to that in in terms of of an of the way that these things get out is when studios just don't know that they've cast someone famous which doesn't uh which doesn't necessarily happen as much anymore but it it seems to work out here that's the way this that this often happens with these one of those announcements is that they announce something stuff leaks out and then there's a bunch of denials about, well, we don't know, we don't know, shut up, don't talk about it, we're not ready to announce that because things might change. And then a bunch of things get tossed back and forth and everyone gets confused. And then the movie actually comes out and it turns out, no, this is exactly what it was. Like the basically the entire plot of Batman v Superman, like down to the last detail, including... Wonder Woman's going to be in it. They're going to fight Doomsday. Superman will die. There's a future flash forward thing that's going to tease Darkseid. And then it's going to lead into Justice League. And uh, the New God stuff will be the bad guys in that. And there will be like a scene with parademons from the future. And there will be quick shots setting up Aquaman, the Flash, and Cyborg. And you know, all of this like stuff leaked like three years in advance of that movie. I remember. And it was all over the place. And Warner Brothers shut down all of like the stuff that leaked about it, but it was still out there. And then they spent two and a half years saying, 
no, maybe not. We don't know. Hey, you know, things might have changed. Those were leaks. And then the movie finally came out, and it was more or less what they said it would be. It was more or less what they said it would be. So for a while now, the only thing anyone has known about the Flash movie, which also would have been out like, excuse me, <clears throat> like four years ago, had they not constantly stopped because they've changed directors like four times. Right possibly more they've thrown out their script ezra miller got himself in trouble is still cast in the movie because i think warner brothers is operating under the assumption that they got rid of johnny depp in something else and that's good enough right um and i guess there's some like question as to what ezra miller actually did i don't know uh it seems to me that that was pretty cut and dry. i don't know i'm 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 not like uh, I, I don't have any insight into the legal case, whatever. Um, not that kind of podcast. It seems like the Flash movie was supposed to have already been out. They changed their minds about a bunch of stuff. Eventually, they settled on, and this was a couple of years ago. Pretty much anyone who knew anything about these projects that was not that was a little bit behind the scenes or new people who would like read, you know, call sheets had looked at screenplays and whatnot knew the flash movie is going to be a version of flashpoint. They're going to do some kind of time travel stuff. And that's going to be the, the, or a reset for the DC movie continuity. And that's going to be how they're going to clap their hands and say, we're taking a do over on Batman V Superman and justice league because they know that they they just want to reset. They want to get out of that. They, at the bare minimum, they don't want to go ahead with the continuity plans that uh, that the Zack Snyder business had set up because the because the movie failed. Frankly, they they want to do right. they want they want to go in a different direction. They want to hire other filmmakers. The thing of it is, they still really only know what they don't want to do, and. Now they're, you know, they're owned by AT&T. That whole thing's gone through. Now they've got this pivot to streaming that they're going with. So I feel like the project for what Flashpoint is has not changed. And it, no one really knows what, like, um, how familiar are you, are you with, uh, with the, the Flashpoint? I mean, we should probably tell people what it is in general. Yeah, but, I'm mi minimally, but, but yeah, go for it. Well, I mean, like, I mean, did you did you read the the Flashpoint story? Or did you see the the cartoon that they made out of it? Neither of I, which particularly good, by the way. I I didn't. Um, I've had a rundown from you on it. Um, but I I don't uh, I don't recall. Okay. All right. So, uh, you know, spoiler point. So, like, bullet points and spoilers for people who are are, are you know aware of uh, Flashpoint. Flashpoint was the lat like. This may be three or four resets ago by this point, but I've stopped trying to keep track. The When DC reset their continuity for the new 52 stuff, it was with this story called Flashpoint, which is um, for, you know, if people have watched the Flash TV show, I feel like everyone now knows that the Flash can time travel. For a while, yes. that, for a while that was a thing that, like, they didn't use much because it's one of those kind of, well, why doesn't he just do that all the time? Right. You know, it's, 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 the, it's the, it's the Neo problem. Yeah. It's oh, what, oh, yeah. you can literally do everything. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah the, 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 the thing with the flash is that they, 
they very quickly with, with the Barry Allen flash, the, uh, the, the silver age flash, um, they had the writers who were writing him, especially Gardner Fox had a lot of sort of like big idea fun with the, he can't, it's not just that he can run fast. He can do everything fast. Like he can think fast. He can move his molecules fast so he can pass through solid matter. He can move only certain parts of his body really fast. He can, you know, he metabolizes really fast. So if he gets sick, it just cures like, like all of the things that they don't really make sense, but it's just playing around with the idea of like space and time, you know, like he, literally can just move so fast that everything seems to be standing that kind of thing and right cool but also it's sort of like why doesn't he just do that all the damn time and you know one of the usual fixes that they've you know looped in is the 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 concept of in the comics they have the the speed force which is this like one of a dozen different metaphysical other dimension outside of space and time concepts that gives him his powers, but also puts kind of a, like a hard limit on it where if he uses it too much or like, it's like a momentum, like the perpetual momentum thing. I, I apologize, yep. you know, speaking to someone who actually understands how physics work, I realized that this might, this may be too laughable to, like, if, he if he uses too much speed eventually he can't stop speeding and he, he yes. either he or the universe may cease to exist you know because he, applied, all, he applied too much physics and anti-physics kicked in yeah basically yes. yeah if, if he uses too much of the good science magic the countervailing bad science magic might bounce back on him perfect sort. And and he may and become one with the speed force, which is alternately the force or nirvana or heaven or whatever or a place you can go to. Uh, it, it's very silly, but it's comics. So basically, he can uh, he he can do it as much or as little as as the story provides, but also he can use this to travel backwards and forwards in time. Or like pass through the membrane of the space-time continuum because people in science fiction know that the word space-time continuum also has the word time in it. Yep. Or like the the bit from the the American remake of the fake Doctor Who from Community with uh, Jason Priestley when what <laughs> the the American uh, Professor Spacetime because I can travel through both space and time, but not both at the same time. Because that's confusing. <laughs> it's I love it. So, so, so the Flash can travel through time. So, in Flashpoint, uh, they finally get someone finally looked at this and said, "Hey, how come we've never just done Back to the Future or Sound of Thunder with this?" Uh huh. So they, so they did that, and they said, "Okay, so, so." I uh, wish, I wish I hadn't killed that fish. Right, right. So basically, um, uh, the Flash goes in time. And he attempts to stop his mother from being killed. Okay. And by doing so, um, I honestly feel like this, I, I don't want to accuse anyone of something I, I don't know, but I feel like at some point 
the the origin of this must have been someone said, "Hey, let's do Back to the Future, but Batman, where he stops his parents from getting killed and it ruins the future." And someone said, "No, you can't do that with Batman. We we've done too much Batman. Make it the Flash, but otherwise same thing." Because that gotcha. guy can actually travel through time. So he goes back in time and he, he tries to stop his mother from being killed because that's part of his origin. Uh, and he, this being the, the Wally West Flash uh, in, the, in the comics. And so he, he stops the, uh, the, the mother from getting killed and this causes the future to be bad. And this, this creates a bad future where things are different and there's a, a Thomas Wayne is Batman and he has like bad, he, he's like a badass and he kills people. And uh, like, there's like a, a doing bad science stuff to Superman because like they, he crashed somewhere else. And there's, it's like, it's just like, you know, dark dystopian DC future number 35. Like they've, right. We haven't, we, we we've done this 30 times, but this time it'll be different. We promise. Uh, so, and then in undoing this, you know, he has to make, okay, I have to let the bad thing that happened to me happen in order to do this. This causes the, when the universe resets, it resets into the new 52 universe and, uh-huh. and then et cetera. So that's basically flashpoint. It's the flash tries to stop something bad in the past happening and he changes the future and the future is, that's the story. It's the same Hero tries to change the past time travel story and learns you can't actually do that and you have to accept blah, 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 like a million things like that. That's Flashpoint. Yep. So it's a really like easy, like if you're going to reset your continuity and you have a character who can jump back into the past, that it's the way that you do it. It's like the easiest version. And you can like, you can use the title. It's a clever play on words. You don't have to it's not a reach the like even an audience that doesn't get like the comics reference thing would understand it. And much as they do with the Marvel movies, you don't actually have to use the not great sort of fan hand jobby story that you used in the comics. You can just use the title and the, the general idea like civil war and, you know, do something that people might actually like in the movie. Right. And, uh, you know, like get the, you know, okay, here, here. And it's an excuse as I thought for the movies, I did a whole video of this on, uh, on uh, I think, either Big Picture or In Bob We Trust at the point. That's how old this was. This might have been during the In Bob We Trust era when this was first going around. And I said, you know, a way that they would do this to be a good way to give, a, like, a send-off for the Ben Affleck one. They'll probably use this to say multiverse, yep. which now seems to be the case. Because time travel in the DC universe always either makes or unmakes the multiverse, depending on what the state of things were. Um, and it would be an, an excuse to have a bunch of cameos. And wouldn't it be, because this is something they can do that Marvel really can't, other than with Spider-Man, which they're now doing. They could conceivably pull Michael Keaton out of retirement, throw him into a Batman costume, say, oh, hey, look, it's Michael Keaton. Get Linda Carter. Oh, hey, look, it's Linda Carter. You know, like comp like a green screen or like deep fake Christopher Reeve into a shot. Hey, look who it is. That kind of thing. Like they they could do that pretty easily with Brandon Ruth. Right. They've had, I mean, they could, or they, they could actually get Brandon Ruth. They could, uh, they've had John Wesley ship, um, beyond the flash. On the TV I mean, show. Brandon Ruth was awesome when he showed up in the uh, 
yeah. in the TV show stuff. That was really cool. Yeah, like they've done half of this already with like Ezra Miller showing up when they did the uh, the the Crisis on Infinite Earths as basically Crisis on Infinite Earths on the TV shows on the CW. So I kind of figured that this would be, and then it started to come through that like, yeah, no, I was apparently moderately close to what they're at. Whatever Flashpoint is, is at the very least they know is going to involve Ezra Miller's Flash. There will be multiverse stuff. And one of the things that he will encounter is uh, Michael Keaton playing some sort of Michael Keaton aged Batman, which is Michael Keaton is, I believe, 70 or 71. Um, and no one really no knows way. Yeah, no, Michael Keaton is an older guy. Michael Keaton is not uh super Michael Keaton was in his like uh late thirties when he played Batman. Wow. Yeah, you know, he's in I mean, I knew he I figured he was in his sixties, but no, damn. He's, no, he's in really good shape, but uh he's he's in uh he's he's not a, a young, he's not a super young guy. Well, because uh, I mean, you know, when when we were having the thought when when Birdman came out and it was yeah. you know very tongue in cheek and like oh this works on so many levels you know yada 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 and it's like but could Michael Keaton really be in a superhero movie again and then he shows up in Homecoming and you're like yeah. oh shit yeah like he, no Michael Keaton is one hundred percent down for being in superhero movies again right. now, so I I would love to see him be Batman again yeah no and I think it'll be fun um I kind of thought. It's been like a a get like a, a thing that people have talked about forever that if they did Batman Beyond as a movie that they would get one of the guys who'd already played Batman before to come back and play the older Bruce Wayne. Right. Um, you know they already had Kevin Conroy come and do it in live action, not as the Batman Beyond Bruce Wayne, but as an older Bruce Wayne, as which was sort of, really cool. Yeah, that was cool as uh, on uh, on Supergirl slash Batwoman um, for Crisis. Um, the assumption that a lot of people have is that he will be back in the flash and he'll play Batman in the suit a little bit, but that he's mostly going to be an older Bruce Wayne and that he, and that this is a setup to do Batman beyond eventually. And that that's not, I'd love and, that. and that that's what they're not saying to people is that the, is that the, the other Batman franchise will be, Batman Beyond, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't. I feel like Batman Beyond is a layup, but I also feel like if Warner Brothers was going to do, if that was one of the things they were doing, they'd just have told people because they, right. at this point, they have to know that people would like be excited about that. Like they would, like that would be a thing that they would have told people to shut to shut everyone up. You know, instead they told everyone, we know you're mad, but Michael Keaton's coming back. Like that now, was what they had. So I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know what the angle is here because when they say, well, Mike, Michael Keaton will be the regular Batman in the DC extended universe going forward. I feel like, I don't, I don't know what their plan is or, or what they're, what they're going with because so much of their plan to start with, unless they're throwing out everything, was starting from a premise of Ben Affleck playing an old retired Batman, like to begin with. Like the, the thing that they had mapped out to start with was that Batman was like 20 years older than everyone else in the Justice League. Right. 
Like their whole like their whole start point was Superman is like a dude in his thirties, Wonder Woman is immortal and it doesn't matter. Uh Aquaman is who knows. You know, because he's like a fish guy and you know what does Aquaman it matter? Aquaman is 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 infinity bro. Yeah, will always just be be that. <laughs> yeah, well, like uh, like Aquaman seems to be similar aged and like of if not temperament, at least like kind of generational reference to Superman. Like they seem like two guys who'd be of similar age, right? Like these seem like guys that would hang. Like of the two people on the team, Superman and Aquaman seem like they would be the guys who might hang out. Exactly. Kind of. They've, they've, they've got, you know, okay, we've got sort of similar backgrounds a little bit. Uh, whereas, yeah, like, no, they, they definitely seem like two guys who would go on, like, a team-building exercise trip together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, we both work for the same company. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, a startup. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it seems, not, not that, like, there's nothing to suggest it in the movies, but, like, if I was going to, like, do, like, the, you know, like, like the, okay, everybody break out into twos. For, for this, right. like the like the the breakout into twos of of the Justice League team in that movie would be like Flash, Cyborg, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, Aquaman. Yeah, and Wonder Woman and Batman surprisingly, even though not much about those movies work, Wonder Woman and Batman seem like at least the two actors are having the most like general fun being on set together, you know. And and that's not to say that there's any real fun in any of that, but you yeah. know the scenes where they get to be there, it's like wow, you actually are almost trying to make it seem like you're both in this. Okay, way to go, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I think, uh, but it it seems like I have to wonder if they were leaning into Ben Affleck as bat as Batman as an older guy as a plan thing to begin with. And this is part of where they're going anyway, because it's still up in the air as to whether or not the, the Robert Pattinson Batman movie, I really want to know when they decided that that wasn't part of the universe, because it seems well, like right, cause a, it, it originally was the Affleck movie. I mean, the, the Batman yeah. was the Affleck script, you know, originally. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and now it's, I mean, I think it's still set in the 90s, so plausibly they still could have finessed this as this is the, this is that guy, but it's 20 years ago or 30 years ago. But they seem to be doubling down on that not being the case. I, I think possibly because they're looking at it as we know that this is, uh, that once this is over, this is done, that like, that, that they're not, that like Robert Pattinson has probably told them. I've done the franchise thing. I'm not doing this again. Like I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to come back. I'm, I'm not going to come back in like, uh, you know, five years and be in justice league or something. I'm not, I've like, I've already banked all my twilight money. So I, I don't, you can't like hold me hostage to this, which is probably, and, I'm already, and I've already proven I'm a great actor. So yeah. it's not like, uh, I can just go make more Robert Eggers movies yeah. and get award nominations. So like, I'm not saying that it's implausible that Michael Keaton will be in Flash and like out of nowhere someone will show up and say, hi, my name's Terry McGinnis and whatnot. What I'm looking at is that they still have not tossed out, uh, even though Joss Whedon has been gone from uh, Warner Brothers' involvement for several years now and his name doesn't even come up, the um, Batgirl is still on deck and is still something that they're doing as 
everyone kind of assumes that it's going to be one of the uh, the HBO Max projects, but right. that it's still part of the DC Extended Universe, the the canon ones, the ones that are going to be connected, right? As opposed to the Batman, I really wonder if. And the only reason that I would say that, like, if the, if we were talking about Marvel, if this was like uh, if this was Kevin Feige running it. I would like I would be more confident in saying, yeah, this is probably what's going to happen because it seems like they would be more confident in just going this direction and saying, yeah, this is this is where we can go with this. I really have to wonder if they aren't thinking we can possibly roll the dice on having Michael Keaton be an older Batman who mostly cameos and is like a support guy for like younger Batman people. And starting that off with the one that people know best and like inverting that like Batman Oracle business. Right. And just have her and like, you know, find someone that people really like to be Batgirl and making, you know, giving her more like forward thing in the franchise. And Michael Keaton is Batman in finger quotes is, you know, like the, the carrot on the stick that that kind of gets dangled up front. But he's mostly got, but like his role as the DC Extended Universe Batman is mostly that he's like on the the comms, you know, being like uh, the guy to that he's basically playing Jarvis in the event in the Jarvis or um or the uh, the Batfleck version of Alfred, yeah, or like a uh, Nick Fury, you know, yeah, right. So like maybe I mean I think that is a possible thing because I just I can't. Un- unless they are thinking that they're gonna like Mark Hamill him through the <laughs> through the franchise, and I don't think that's there yet. And I remember for a while Warner Brothers was gung ho that that was just how they were going to do the entire like DC thing, and that was why they insisted on doing Green Lantern that way, right? Because they thought that they had cracked the code on making. The, uh, the superhero movies, they were just going to animate everything and just pop actors' heads onto bodies. And that was how oh, they yeah. were to get really good actors to sign up for these. They were just going to say, no, 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 you just, put, you just push your head through this green tablecloth and stand in front of this screen and deliver all your lines in 360 degrees. And we're just going to stick your head onto this cartoon. And, uh, and that's how we're going to do the movies. And this was like the, the brilliant pie-in-the-sky scheme for how they were going to do all of these things. And once it worked for Green Lantern, they were going to bust this out and blow everyone's mind. Supposedly, this was someone's like behind the scenes top secret plan. And that's why like the the CGI cape stuff was so ready to go for Man of Steel and for Batman vs Superman because that's what they eventually perfected was making the capes work. <laughs> and, uh, and after Green Lantern everyone looked at it and said no i don't think that's there yet well i'm i'm glad they were able to use it um predominantly in aquaman though because it worked really well for that it did eventually work in aquaman i mean there was i mean there's nothing else you can do with that i mean you have to you know what i mean though like i i wouldn't want to watch a bit i wouldn't want to watch a batman movie that looked like that that's the that's really and i guess that that could be the visual styling that really bothers me the most about the way the the current DCEU films looked up until about Shazam and Aquaman is they have that 
they have that too much of this was polished and done. The, like, if, if you look at Zack Snyder's movies, for example, yeah. um, Watchmen, Dawn of the Dead, 300, all have a very unique and wholeheartedly different visual style to them that are all very unique and interesting. Yeah. And then Man of Steel has an interesting visual style that about two-thirds of the way through the movie just becomes too much um, yeah. on the over-CGI thing. And Batman versus Superman, again, looks different than than Man of Steel. Not in a good way, but it looks different. And and I just feel like, yeah, maybe that's really the previs stuff, like of just where you have to spend so much time going for a particular look that you get less of a control over it. I don't know. But um yeah, it's it's kind of crazy how how we got here. But I would love to see Michael Keaton. And you know, as much as I've always hankered for, I'd love to see, you know, people in the Adam West outfit once sometime ever. You know, the, the bat fleck one got kind of close outside of the muscles, you know, and stuff like that. It would be really, really great to see Michael Keaton walk around in his stupid Tim Burton Batman costume again. I'd love that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'd yeah. love that. Yeah, I would. I like I'm at this point, like I've spent so much time not not only watching the, this this whole thing play out, but like covering it. And yes, and and seeing like all of the different things get made and unmade, like it, it's it still trips me out that there was an entire like product production for that George Miller one uh, made up that we still haven't seen most of the stuff from. Like there's like like they made an entire Batman thing for Army Hammer that we haven't seen. He had a costume. He had a. Con. I would love that's going to make one hell of a documentary someday. I mean, I'm surprised, you know, outside of legalities and things that after, um, well, let's say after Mad Max should have become such a huge smash hit, but after the people that you know really loved it, really loved Mad Max so much that there wasn't more of a push to see some of that. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it it comes and goes, though. Um, so, ju- yeah. jumping off point from this flashpoint silliness is, and, and you know, back to another thing that's become commonplace of you and I trying to remind people that no, we don't hate Zack Snyder, um, is the continuing of him saying things that really make it hard for me to not laugh at him a little bit. <laughs> this quote about the Justice League. So he's officially said, "I'm done." Yep. Which is great news. Yes. Um, I think great news. And I'm not saying that as a ha ha derp derp. Now you guys don't get what you like anymore. It's great news. Cause I want to see the guy make other stuff. Warner brothers has obviously moved on from him and I want to see him move on to other stuff, regardless of how his cut of this movie turns out. But he, he wrote about the fans. I'm excited for them to see justice league so they can really drink the entire elixir of justice league. And that's so what? like yeah what the fuck <laughs> yeah i really wish he he i'm i i want him to to finish this and move on and i mean he i don't know how much of army of the dead is done but like it, it's just he's got like for four that. of those coming out apparently yeah, yeah. <laughs> just get it get it out get it out there oh i'd love to see that you know, stuff get, get stuff it, is he even still signed for fountainhead they claim that, I mean, that's what's coming next after the Army of the Dead movies. I don't want it to. Right. I mean, like, um, he needs to he needs to either make that or let Brad Bird have it. 
Oh yeah, good point. I I want you know it it's a shame that Tomorrowland turned out the way Tomorrowland did because I really really like Brad Bird as a director and I I think as a live action director he's really shown incredible promise. I mean his Mission Impossible movie could be of one of the most well made geographically action movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Like that yeah. movie just has you fully believe everything in that movie, even though it's very ridiculous. And, um, and I feel like they, as much as I love what Tom Cruise does in those mission impossible movies, I feel like they lost a little bit of spark, not, not to shit on the director that's made them sense. Cause I mean, he's getting up there with the cameras and running right along with Cruise. So good on him. But, um, there's just something I think calculated feeling about the ones after Brad bird. Because yeah. you have to be so calculated to pull off this crazy bug nuts shit. It's still impressive. But Tomorrowland was just, it was a, it like, it had that unfortunate problem of everything wrong with the J.J. Abrams mystery boxing stuff just dumped all over that movie. Yeah. And, and it's a bummer because it's not a bad movie. It's just, oh, like, <laughs> this is what you made. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. And I really didn't like Incredibles too, but I think we've had enough. Um, people complaining about that one because so many people love it and I've I've never felt so disappointed in a in a Disney movie in a long time but have you seen uh-huh to, to change gears a little bit the creep show holiday special I have not yet I have not yet have you heard about it uh, I've heard about it yeah I, I haven't seen anything but I've okay all right are, do you do you mind me talking about it a little yeah, bit? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Oh, I was just gonna say. So again, this is a big spoiler alert. If you don't have Shutter, or if you don't, but the Creep Show TV show has been an amazing thing. It, it's not one hundred percent great. It doesn't hit the mark all the time. But just getting to see Greg Nicotero and the K and B guys get to play around, um, in television land, you know, on a on a week by week show is a really cool thing to see. It's obviously a passion project. It's obviously being put together by people that yearn for the old-fashioned, less PC days of horror and camp where you can just be really over the top. What they made here, I, I sat there, and again, this sounds so silly and it is really silly, Bob, but this seems like something you and I would make. And I mean that out of full love and respect for how bug nuts you and I get with our ideas. A guy shows up to uh, like a Narcotics Anonymous meeting in the bottom of a church, and He's showing up and they ease you into it because he's telling everybody, you know, I've been finding weird things in, in my stool, like hair and clothing and buttons. And they're like, oh, well, you know, OK, well, you're in good hands because this is Shapeshifters Anonymous. And they're all meeting because they're all lycanthropes of, okay. of sorts. And they go through the room and like you think, OK, this is going to be badass. Like, what are they going to be in the girls? Like, well, I I'm a cheetah. And you're like like not a wolf oh no like we've never actually met a wolf and he thinks he's a werewolf so they're all like oh could he be and so they go through one guy's a were tortoise and they're you know they're all sitting there you know kind of it's fun like banter back and forth and they're like you know well i really don't want to be this thing anymore like i feel like i'm killing innocent people and they go well actually look through it if you're who you say you are You've been killing people that deserved it. And historically, lycanthropes seek out the evil meat because it tastes better. And he's like, oh, that makes me feel better. And he goes, well, don't you not want to be a were-tortoise anymore? Actually, I kind of like being a were-tortoise. Well, what do you do? 
just kind of sit in my bathtub and eat lettuce. It's actually kind of nice. And like, you're like, what? And one person's a boar, and the other person is a furry that doesn't actually shape change, but um, feels included. So they let her be there. And and she's hilarious. She, she dresses up in a hippo costume and um, they, you know, they go around the room and it's just banter. And then they go, okay, we'll join us in saying our, our credo. And they're going through the credo. You know, we will only use our powers for good and we'll, you know, try to only attack the people that deserve it. And we will take down Chris Kringle. And he sits there and goes, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, no, no, just listen. We'll take down Chris Kringle and his easy elf minions that have been trying to kill our kind for millions of years. And you sit, or thousands, you sit there and go, he's like, wait a minute, no, 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 you guys are fucking with me now. And then they give him this big, long thing about how God bestowed powers on Santa Claus to take down the lycanthropes in the Garden of Eden. And then Santa was betrayed by God and got Satan's claws from Santa. And it's been misconstrued. And Santa Claus is like a robotic bodied guy with like, um, spinning, rotating blade hands, and he comes every Christmas to kill lycanthropes. And the mall Santas are out there keeping in a watchful eye on them, and they have a standoff against the mall Santas and Santa Claus, and um, eventually win. And um, it's really silly and it's amazing, and I highly recommend you check it out. Excellent. All right, I'll give it a look. I, I loved it. It's it's just so dumb and campy and wonderful, and I'm so happy. Sounds like fun. Um, another thing, because I don't usually get to do the Nazi party from my direction, is I just caught up with, um, uh, what's it called? Um, anything for Jackson. Oh, I've heard very heard good of this? about that. It's in my pile, yeah. So, so I watched it. I loved it. It's great. It's so new that I'm not even going to blow anything about it on this other than to say it's incredibly gory, incredibly well done, and a super different take on the type of movie that it is. Now, that being said, as I do, I look in, well, who directed and wrote this? They must have some wonderful, you know, horror credentials. This is the first horror movie they've made. It's a writer-director duo. Mm. Everything they've made up to this point have been made for TV Hallmark Christmas movies. Yep, yep, that I did know. What? Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm looking forward to maybe talk to one of them and find out where the hell this movie came from. <laughs> not to not to shit on. I mean, like like you and I have talked before. America is really one of the only places left where there's the auteur director, right? Where the yeah. the, the people that don't have to work, you know, you can be a you can be a Spielberg, you know, and make what you want to make, you know, Um or, you know, it's the people that work for TV and the people, you know, that are getting their teeth cut on working for the big studios that seem to be more the workhorse, you know, blue collar directors. But you talk about someone like, you know, Shui Hark or someone um, even um, what's his name who made a um, uh, audition, you know, where for every like great like stunner movie they have, they make 10 or 15 that are just work for hire jobs. Right. You know, and so. I want to know, like, is that what's going on? Like, was was the Hallmark movies just cutting your teeth so you could unleash this horror movie on people? Or is that really your, you know, calling and you just like making silly Hallmark movies? Like, I have no idea, and I can't wait to find out. Yeah, no, that's that would be a know. fascinating discussion. I, I don't know. It just seems it seems really cool to me. You don't you don't every day find you know like it would be a, you know like when um oh. uh 
what's his name? Get out there. Um, why is my brain shutting off right now? Um, Peel. When Jordan Peel, you know, comes out with Get Out and you go, wow, I mean, wh- where does a horror film come? And you hear him talking, goes, well, horror and comedy are very similar. And I find it's like, all right, I can see where this comes from. But, you know, hol- Holiday with my Dachshund, you know, or whatever, um, <laughs> like fe- featuring the whiter than white cast of Whiteville, you know, um, for, you know, the Hallmark Channel does not seem conducive to, you know, um, satanic possession movie you know they, they don't seem to fall into the same category and I, I just can't wait to uh to see where um to where that came from well i think the thing with the with with the the hallmark movies is hallmark is if you've if you've ever sat down and watched those and uh you know i have i have a wife i do <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The time, the, the, the timing there was just, we, 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 like we did, that sounds like a setup joke, but that's no, that was organic and it was very amusing. Do you, do you know how many times <laughs> I have had to watch the 12 dates of Christmas and holiday in handcuffs? Which oh, if you said- don't know what those are, the 12 dates of Christmas um, <laughs> stars, the incomparable Mark Paul Gossler and um, the Twelve Dates of Christmas, uh, sorry, and Holiday in Handcuffs stars um, what's his head, who uh, was also on that show, um, the extra extra guy. Uh, what the hell, Mario Lopez? Okay, yeah, yeah. one yes. of them has Melissa Joan Hart in it. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no. See, I I didn't realize people watched any of them more than once. That's that's a new. Well, the thing is, is free form which used to be ABC family plays them all every year during right, their Christmas right. run. Because like there's, there's thousands of them is my, is, is, is thousands. What I'm... And they all have the same cover with like slightly different tint on the skin of the people, but they're all white. Right. Well, yeah. And it's uh no, I think cause didn't they, um, I mean, what, like, was that, that, um, was that the one with, uh, Kristen Stewart was, that uh, was a home. They, they was technically released on Hallmark this year. Right. Yeah, there is that one. Yeah, and so some like they're, of them are good. Like, if it wasn't for yeah. Netflix, the yeah. Christmas Chronicles probably would have been a Hallmark or an ABC Family movie, or, or like, or, or like the one that um, Jingle Jangle I think was basically trying to yeah. do like those, but with effects on Netflix. But okay, so the thing about the about those about this as a as basically a franchise is that they basically this is the literal definition of what we call exploitation filmmaking like this is because x what people we use the term now exploitation filmmaking to and things like exploitation and grindhouse both have the connotation of referring to uh like you know lurid almost pornography uh you know nudie movies ultra-violent horror films, martial arts films, and, and low-budget stuff. And it had that for the reason of the premise of the quote-unquote exploitation film. What it literally meant was something that is generically popular and doesn't have to be good. It just has to have a recognizable subject, premise, whatever, that can be exploited and then grinded and or cranked out at a very rapid pace on a low budget so that it can be farmed out to 
local drive-in theaters, small independent theaters, or eventually UHF television. That was the definition of exploitation film or Grindhouse. And like that was why those were, because bigger theaters were playing movies with movie stars and whatnot and, and big musical numbers and productions and, you know, budgets. So lower budget theaters played movies with lots of sex, violence, nudity, people in monster suits and stuff for uh, kids in animal costumes and whatever, or, or a bunch of Santa Claus. So what home the, what the Hallmark channel and their, their Christmas movies and their, you know, one very similar romance, um, at one point, generally starring Lori Laughlin after another, what these are, are the current version of Roger Corman, Sam Arkoff, um, exploitation movies. And that's the, like, that's what that is of today. Well, like, what is the exploitation scene of today? It's not the direct-to-video movie. It's not really the direct-to-DVD market because that's actually serving, like, a, a sort of quasi-A-list of right. a different level of star that exists online and is has like an ironic fan base um these are often films that come out in theaters in uh former soviet bloc uh countries in eastern europe a lot of them like uh <clears throat> i'm like i'm blanking but uh, on names because i'm sleepy but uh, you know like the the movies well, companies that, like, like the, a, yeah. the A24s and the Blumhouses and the Focus Features, they took these no, things not, not and turned even, them no, in. Not even those guys. I'm talking about movies like the, the, the two guys who were in the raid uh, have... Ah, bingo. I got you. Yep. Or the, the sequels to Skyline uh, that come yeah, out in... Yeah, like, yay! You know, that have all of that stuff. Like, those, they're released as B-movies here, but those are A-list movies in uh, South Asia, parts of Eastern Europe. That's a whole other thing. Like, the the Grindhouse movie of today is the, the Hallmark Christmas movie. And those, the reason that these guys might uh, have uh, started out there and moved up to, you know, independent horror is much like the exploitation filmmaking days. If you're basically looking to learn on the job that's a way to sign up for that. Like if you, if you, not everyone necessarily goes into the, you know, feature directing or comes out of film school or whatnot, you know, with full on quote unquote auteur ambitions or a specific screenplay that they, that they're looking to shoot. You know, some people come out with, okay, I learned how to direct camera setups uh, you know, hitting your mark, blocking out a scene, storyboards. Now what I need is experience and a resume. Going to Hallmark is or is basically the now version of what used to be going to work for Roger Corman or Sam Arkoff or Skinner. Right. Or, uh, I mean, this is why, you know, there for a long time there was always like legends and rumors of this or that well-known action director or feature director, you know, would say, well, you know, he also has a dozen porno credits that you'll never hear about because that was a way to build experience. You know, you could say, yep. it's like, well, I also worked on this, 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 and this in the seventies, but you know, I, I couldn't use my real name because it was a Valley picture or something like that. Or they would, uh, you know, like, um, Ron Howard, you know, did uh, four or five movies for Corman. And, uh, you know, he, well, he acted in several of them and then he let him direct a couple and then he took that to the studios and then became Ron Howard, the director, as opposed to Opie, the kid from, uh, the, the TV shows. So yeah, who, the, made, that, who, who made a couple of car crashing movies. Yeah. Right. Yes. 
this is this is a way to build and bank experience because having seen those uh, Hallmark movies, because uh, you know, for inside baseball business, this is uh, you know, winter is long, dark and cold. I've been checking in on our uh, on our mother a lot uh, a lot during uh, this winter, and she also yep, watches yep. several of, of of these. So I have seen some of these, and they are extremely eff- They have the the all of the hallmarks. Pardon the pun of extremely efficiently produced low budget films such as um a lot of them take place in and around uh travelers hotels Mm -hmm. like like, like the plot of the movies like wow a lot of these involve people having to travel from uh either new york la or chicago to a neutral midwestern location where they are in a hotel like for a wedding or uh or a party of some kind uh, because a hotel will let you, you know, dress one room to look like 12 rooms and then shoot most of the important scenes in a lobby after dark, you know, or uh, a town square where they can, you know, change out the uh, the decor to look like 12 different scenes for 12 different movies and yep, uh, yep. You know, just spray flocking foam everywhere and it looks like it snowed or didn't snow. And, and it like, wow, this is like, I can, I'm looking at these scenes and I can see like, you know, the, be if you follow, you know, low budget filmmaking, not even like inside trade secrets, just like, if you've done it, you can see, like, I'm looking at this and, and all I can see in my head is like cameras breaking down and camera crews going, okay, break it down, put the banner up, put the flag up, get the car over here, get this guy over here. Who's in this scene. And uh, and it's all very so I I can absolutely believe to be to be fair yeah you know now that you're painting this picture because we've we've done this the yeah. behind the camera portion of this is probably one extremely stressful and oh, yeah. two really exciting from a technical standpoint you know what I mean not a post production or sitting there and watching the film I mean you're just churning out a product at that point but the the behind the scenes is probably a lot of like the the set designers and the coordination people it's the stuff Michael Bay is known for being really good at yeah but yeah. on a but on a small level every everything you ever hear about that guy is that he runs a really tight ship on set and it's like yeah that's why that's why people you know aside from you know a few key ugh. but for the most part that's why the money people and the you know trades workers like working with them because they know that they're going to get home on time that day yeah you I, know? I i have i mean i've heard hot and cold from uh, um it from depends some, on the story yeah from some well, i mean from some act from, from some actors here and there i mean you know like apparently bruce willis doesn't care for michael bay bruce willis doesn't like anyone and also bruce willis is not well talked about by many people. Yeah, supposedly one of the hardest actors to work with, depending yeah. on what day you get him. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah I mean, uh, a lot of Bruce Willis's movies are filmed with Bruce Willis sitting down behind a desk because because Bruce Willis. But, uh, you know, on the other hand, I have never, ever heard, um, you know, behind-the-scenes people, trade people, craft people... Uh, you know, stunt people, uh, you know, like lighting people, especially, uh, have anything other than not like effusive phrase, but like generically, you know, like uh, nice things to say about Michael Bay, other than like, yeah, that's a good guy. And these are people who will never miss the, I'm not going to name names, of course, if it's bad stuff, but like 
people like you know below the line workers in uh, in you know LA film production love to let you know which which directors you know, like, suck yeah well which director which create they which actors are assholes especially because they know everyone thinks actors are nice but uh like you know like which uh, girl go oh yeah that director guys an asshole guys actually yeah. asshole but uh, you 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 seldom hear negative things about uh, Michael Bay in that regard. In other regards, God Almighty, all over the place. But not yes, as, yes, not as, no. Not, and that as an as an onset director, I have a feeling that if he wanted to, he could probably like stage a political coup with an army of like uh, grips and stagehands. Yeah. That's cool. That, that's that's going to be a really fun one, I think, if I can make that conversation happen. Because it just, you know, usually you, you dig in and you find, okay, you know, even if there's like a few made-for-TV movies in the middle, you'll find something in there that sparks, oh, okay, but early on he was making, you know, low-budget horror or something. And you go, no, there's nothing here. It's all just these really tight ship, you know, Hallmark movies. And I'm like, wow, this is going to be fascinating. Well, cool. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Look, you Always, and then, and then, because it happened today before we're recording, we need to pour one out for um, the the last saving grace of large scale video store chain died today. Bob, uh, yes, Family Video. Family Video died today after a valiant attempt to stick around. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I had a really good conversation with a brand manager from there a month or so ago that seemed like things you know, seemed like with the um, you know the closing down of half the stores. Um, it looked like that they were going to be able to stick it out. And um, unfortunately, like a large portion of the small businesses out there, they succumbed to COVID. And that's yeah. just another reason we need that fucking vaccine. We yeah. needed it a long time ago. But, uh, you know, I'll still say save the video store because yes. I think they'll be they'll be remembered. And mm-hmm. we still have that last blockbuster. And, um, you know, still got plenty of uh, interviews scheduled for other small chain video stores that are still around. So yes, just yes. just really sad. It is. Um, so what else? What else is on the docket? What do we got um, to look forward to? Not much. Not much. Um, oh, I did see Tenet. I did watch Tenet. Oh, I still am in my. It, it'll break eventually, but I'm in my um, silent, uh, <laughs> silent. Um, no, you can't make me Chris Nolan um, <laughs> against on that movie. I gave in on Mandalorian season two, despite Gina Carano still sucking balls. Um, uh, but um, and not on the show. She's fine on the show. She's just yeah. a garbage human being. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and that sucks. But, uh, you know, I'll probably give in on Tenet. But yeah. How was Tenet, Bob? I mean, it's uh, it's fine. It, it's not, cool. not it's not great I don't think it's sort of uh it's extremely long and it's not interesting enough to be as uh kind of flat as it is I think if that makes any sense it's no it it's, makes sense it's way way too big to be as small as it I think if that makes any sense. Like, no, I mean, I, I feel, I feel like, um, 
a few key things in Interstellar removed, not Interstellar, sorry, a few key things in Inception removed, and Inception would have felt that same way too. I think Inception really works because its levels build to something bigger, but most of the things happening on screen in Inception are very personable and small, and and I feel like that he can definitely get backed into that corner um, from a framing standpoint, for sure. The, the thing about Inception is that the premise alone in Inception sort of like forces a certain amount of show. Right. And like, at, like there is like, yes, there's a lot of, you know, okay, here's this idea we came up with for how the, the plot progression is going to work because we're just kind of, uh, because most of this is just explaining the narrative conceit of how right. the of of how this you know really uh, clever way of telling the story to you is going to work, so that then when we do it, you can you know that you can you can see the the trick work because right. that's because that's sort of like where that seems to be like where his where his head is at with these, which is you know setting up. So hey, here's a here's a really complicated uh, magic trick that I'm going to do. And here's how it's going to work. And then you go, no, you can't, no, you can't do that. And then he goes, oh yeah, watch me. And then he does it. And, and, and by the time he's done with it, we're expected to go, huh? Well, son of a bitch that did work. And uh, so, and which is fine, which is fine. You but know, I mean it, like the, the movie, the movies, the movies that are, I won't say much smaller, but the movies that like are much quieter, it almost seems like he, like he kind of started like I mean Memento and Following both play that game for sure. But the Prestige is like literally him showing you this is how I make films. Yeah, like yeah. that's literally. But it's my favorite version of it because it's just so. I won't even use the word unique because there were other movies a lot like it that came out at the same time. It's just. It's so, um, like, there's no pretense to it. The movie is just, like, so well-crafted and just, like, it gets you. And, and, I, and, I, and I love that about it. And I felt, you know, with, with Interstellar, we'd been through this before, that he tried that game again, but he tried it through the lens of a different filmmaker's eye yeah. and couldn't, couldn't make that kind of movie. Interstellar wants to be a big visual, you know, heartfelt movie, and he can't do the heartfelt part. Just can't do it. Well, well, and um, some a few times he has like in in the Prestige. I don't know if it works a hundred percent of the way through the movie. I, I like I I like the Prestige a lot. I think if there's a point at which it starts to suffer, is that about twenty minutes too soon before the end of Act Three? I ne I hadn't necessarily figured everything out, but there'd been a few too many. I gotchas that I yeah. I'd sort of stopped caring. Like that's fair. That's and, fair. Like not not that I didn't care what was going on, but like a lot of it was predicated on I'm invested in these various people and who's going to win versus that. Whereas like his most affecting movie still is Memento. Yeah, and it's because I give a shit what happens all the way through as and memento is one of the happen or not memento is one of the few movies too that its structure 
100 the gimmick of memento works 100 of the runtime of memento like and and it shouldn't and yet it does but and and it makes you immediately want to rewatch memento where some of the other nolan movies you kind of go oh i don't know if i want to put myself through that roller coaster of thinking again (laughs) you know so it's i mean it's the basics of doing even though it's do it's doing all of this narrative trickery it's the basics of a mystery story which is what's going on what's going on what's going on oh that's what was going on okay i'm satisfied like exactly like there you go like that's it so in this one and i won't get into spoilers or whatnot because like like i under here's the thing i understand what was going on but also I, but also I don't. And also I kind of, I kind of want to every like five words you say, make it incomprehensible and just have me go muffled dialogue. Right. Yeah. Sorry. But <laughs> it's, I think he's, he's sort of like getting like, this is, this is almost close to the, um, it's it's getting towards the commenting on like not even the genre on the I'm a genre unto myself and now I'm talking about my own movies sort of thing like oh it's boy. like it's all this is almost Christopher Nolan making a movie about Christopher Nolan movies sort of thing because so it's almost Lady in the Water yeah it's very 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 close to it's oh, not no but it's really close that not in the smugness but in the sense that I'm very sure because part of this is showing off, you know, yes, we understand all that. I'm very sure that even though the actors in the movie all acknowledge that they didn't understand how the science fiction conceit of the movie works, I'm sure that he does. And I'm sure that like on a chart, someone possibly yourself can lay out how what is going on in the movie is supposed to work. I don't actually know how it's supposed to work, but at, at least I counted, I think six or seven times in the movie, major characters say to other major characters, don't try to think about it. Oh boy. And they say it like in a way of in in it's it's like the Austin Powers. It's like you know, and you folks should not try to think about this either. So like they're telling us. I mean, yeah, it is vaguely a time travel related movie. Isn't that better though? I'm trying to decide if I like that better well, than than throwing the exposition character into the black hole with Matthew McConaughey to tell me what's going on. No, but it's the same thing though because it's. <laughs> They're doing that, but it's not like they're doing it to skip. It's not like my, no one has seen this movie, but there's a, and a made for HBO. I think you might have, but there were, there, there was a made for HBO. We called oblivion in the mid nineties. Yeah. It was just like people like running through early particle effects because oh, like, God, I miss oblivion. I haven't thought of that movie in forever. Uh, I no, I was this. Was this Oblivion? In some, I'm not talking about the Oblivion with uh, the the Space Cowboys movie. I'm talking no, about no, no, no. I know that's not what I'm thinking of either. But I remember Oblivion. I think you and I stayed up to watch it because HBO no. was like 
promoting the shit out of it. No, this, this was Rutger Hauer and a bunch of you and yeah. they're chasing a staff and it was and it was dumb. It was it was just like Oh, it was and, wicked dumb. But yeah. but the I only, have like that like I, I don't know. I just have like an odd love love for stuff like that. Yeah. The only reason I remember this is because it has uh because the otherwise the movie is completely forgettable, but it has Is it called uh, Oblivion though? I don't know. Is it called it's not, but it, it's a movie where uh Rucker Hauer is at at a certain point that the hero is going, What's going on? I don't understand because they've, you know, pulled him through a bunch of portals and it's just good guys and bad guys chasing after like a stick with like a, a jewel on it or something. And Rucker Hauer grabs him and he goes, you know, it's like, hey, hey, listen, we are the good guys. They are the bad guys. We have this. They want this. And that's the end of it. That that's really like the description. Yeah. And eventually later on they think, no, this is the ancient, blah, 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 whatever. The thing of it is, is that in Tenet, the entire movie is still predicated on, we need to find out how this stuff is happening. We need to find out why it's happening. We need to find out who is doing it. Here is the methodology by cross which they're doing it. Here, oh, Crossworlds. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Because you're describing that, like, when you said Oblivion, I pictured Crossworlds for some reason. Okay. We're too tied in now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. So in Tenet, it's still even more so than Inception, where like uh, if you haven't seen, have you seen the, the the Rick and Morty with the the dog episode with the, where no, they? Oh no. Okay, so no, you should. I, I slowly work myself through Rick and Morty. There's there's, I, I I love it, but hate all of the discourse around it all at the same time. Okay, well this is the first season, so you need to get cracking. But uh, I just I I, I jump through it. Yeah. So the uh, so. Most of Inception is people explaining the rules of Inception and then the various ways that the rules of Inception do and do not apply. And Tenet is mostly that, but also explaining why you shouldn't listen to the rules because they're going to confuse you. But they're still only doing that. And they're doing that to the point where there aren't actually characters and I, and I say that to the point where, like, John David Washington's character, and he's very good in this, by the way, but he's literally playing a guy who we don't find out his name or where he comes from. And he's, mm. the, main, he's the main character of the movie, and the only identification that he gets is he is an agent of some sort working for an agency somewhere of something. He's very dedicated to a duty to someone, and at at a certain point, someone I um you know mockingly refers to him as thinking he's the protagonist, and he begins referring to himself as the protagonist. Oh no! And that's sort of like what we get. So he's credited as oh. I am I am the protagonist. Now, now here here's the deal. J j just like I always have to remind people with with Zack Snyder. Yeah. Christopher, Christopher, like I, I get that there is, you know, a lot of it, it, it's cool to crap on Nolan, you know, right now, especially after this, because he was wrong, you know, <laughs> in this whole thing. Yeah. But I'm, uh, you know, film fan of a certain age that really came into my love of hard drama, like, and, you know, thinky bigger movies when I was 17 or 18. And that was right when Memento came out. Right. So. Yeah. Chris Nolan is like, you know, Chris Nolan, David Fincher, you know, all of these people that it's kind of fun to look back, you know, with things like Mank and go, 
oh, dude, you're getting a little too self-aware now, aren't we? Um, they are great Mac directors. Is just, Mac is just bad, though. Like, there's they no. Are, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. I'm just going on what I've heard. There, 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 there's, there's no Fincherism reason why Mank is bad. Mank is just not very good. Everyone but, s- swings and misses sometimes. But they're great directors with great pedigrees. But yeah. Every the, the, the like the protagonist thing just sounds like something that would be in like your film school draft of isn't this clever? And ah, it hurts me a little bit because because like a movie perfect. like Inception was bubbling with him and his brother for like thirty years, right? Yeah. And you can tell that that movie had been thought and rewritten and changed for thirty years. You know, yeah. there that movie came with it like a Tolkien level mythos of these characters are living in this world and get that this is how this works. Memento kind of felt the same way. Um, And, you know, the dark Knight, as a dark, stark contrast to Batman begins. And then that third Batman movie he made also kind of feels separated. Like that was really the kind of superhero movie he wanted to make the whole time. And the other two kind of, okay, yeah, I'll do the silly costumes in this, but it's not really what I'm here for. Whereas the dark Knight felt fully Nolan. You know what I mean? And and yeah. I so it's it's interesting sometimes, you know, with a swing and miss. But uh, so this actually makes me more excited to watch Tenet because I, I think he is a great filmmaker. I just I, feel it, like the sometimes thing, it's too big for the britches. Well, the thing of it is, is that you can kind of understand a, li- a little bit what what went wrong with with the rest of it, because unlike. The thing of it is, and again, I'm I'm trying to tread lightly here because they really did, even though a lot of the, like the, the cool stuff is in the trailer. Like the, like there's not really a lot of like the, the, the central gimmick of, Oh, Hey, that's the cool thing about the movie is pretty much in the trailer. It's like, Oh, okay. All right. This, that that's, that's what the movie is. Which, like which to be fair, it also was with inception, the folding city. Yeah. It's like the big thing people remembered from the Inception trailers. And that's kind of like Inception was more about exactly what the hell is going on. Right. Yeah. That made Inception yeah. interesting. Then, oh, this cool visual happens. Oh, now I get what that cool visual means. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really something. And, you know, they, I mean, I saw the trailer for this and I said, okay, what is happening here? And then watching a little bit more of it. But before I read the first review that, uh, that someone had written that, that, didn't bother because there really isn't a way to even explain a thing about what is happening without just saying what the, what the conceit is. Right. So I won't, but once I saw it, uh, once I was there, I was like, okay, that's a, that's what I think is happening is an interesting idea. And then they said it and I was like, wow, okay. That is, that is a different way to incorporate that into one okay you know and that you know like it literally sort of like makes my head go like the the wheels going you're like whoa okay there is so that makes my head hurt a little how the hell did you come up with that and then not just decide to make it literal magic and instead try to explain it with numbers yeah which you're now doing and at, oh, oh, you're, you're going to do that a lot, aren't you? Okay. Oh, but I'm okay. Okay. You're telling me that it's okay that I don't understand it. Okay, good. Because I don't. 
but okay, you're just assuring me that it's that this makes sense. Okay. The thing of it is that it, But see when you, a movie like Pi does shit like that, I love it for it. Well, the, but the, but the thing is that Pi is ultimately about other things and that's Fair. like uh that's a conceit. Like Pi isn't really about trying to solve the the algorithm of pi it's right it's a, that's it's, fair. it's it's about you know like this guy slowly going mad and whether and whether there are things that we are meant to know or not know and this is also eventually about other things but unlike that like the the weather the like the like pi pretty cleverly ties in the idea of can you ever actually get to the end of pi to do you really want to know the answer to every question in the universe? Okay. All right. That's, it, that's a little too cute of a way to do that. If I'm being honest, but it's an early movie. Fair. and like, It's a, it's a yep. way to, get, it's a way to get there. Like inception. Well, and it's, it's, it's ideas that even though I love the fountain and I know you do not, um, yeah. that that same director played with again in the fountain and didn't do as good of a job with. Right. Cause it's, he reached, cause he reached further. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? And so it's, it's doing, it's doing a different kind of, it's doing a different kind of thing. The thing with where, where like Tenet differs away from some of the other Christopher Nolan movies is, or at the reason it's sort of like almost a, a base down reduction is there really isn't like a, a folding city here. Like there's, there's effects, but like what they've come up with isn't really like a, like there's there's a lot of really big shootouts and war stuff, but I've seen shootouts and war stuff, and it's a matter of like yes, like the the staging and choreography of it because you know I mean we, we you've seen the trailers right? Yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah. yeah, so like there's stuff that's going backward and stuff that's going forwards and reasons and okay yeah. and then, and, and, and i and i amazingly haven't had those reasons blown for me yet which is so i've been avoiding it right which is so, which is and good like, and like the choreography for it and the effects by which it must have been accomplished like i'm watching it and i mean okay that is really something like however you however they planned that out i am in awe i i wish i gave a shit about why this was going on but like, if this was like a you know a a Beastie Boys video from like 1997, I would probably be rewinding it a whole bunch just to to see like where where that all tracked. But it it's like visually, it's really there. It's there's not really the the thematic aspect of it just isn't really coming together on that, and it kind of needs to. And I feel like. In this one, it really feels like this time he finally got, like, so in love with the 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 art object of the you know the perfect craft object of how brilliant this mechanism was that he didn't want any of the you know the narrative human drama stuff around it taking away from that so it's just not there and i i get that but it's sort it's sort of like it's like the really fancy version of if someone invents like a like uh like you know like kurt vimmer invents like a like a a, a 
kung fu with guns uh, in his backyard as like something to put into a movie and then makes equilibrium as you know this sort of like wonky sci-fi idea thing to have a movie to drop gunkata into to make an action movie and you know right. a pretty good b movie with christian bale it kind of feels like if someone had the same kind like it, it, this is sort of like the intellectual math physics uh you know hypothetical sci-fi physics version of that where the the nolan where the the writers and christopher nolan worked out this really interesting sci-fi conceit of how to do this and said yeah no we can actually film this and then looked at it and said okay what plot are we going to put this in the middle of and got intimidated by the idea of something like a love story or a human drama or any kind of emotionality pulling away attention from how cool it is that one thing is going backwards and one thing is going forwards and the momentum is playing off of each other but also into each other and didn't want people to not be able to see their work right and that's the point where you're not supposed to see the work you, you know like i'm 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 not supp i'm supposed to not realize when watching a movie that the mechanism showed me that you know you know what i mean no like, i get not, it i get you're it. not supposed to be i'm like i and i i get that that sucks but this is you know part of being like a a good director is that it's uh, like the quote from possibly God, possibly not God from Futurama. You know, if if you do your job right, it looks like you didn't do anything at all. Exactly. And I, I think this time he sort of, it's it, it really feels like he wanted, it's the, it's the directing equivalent of like leaving all of the, the blood tubes and the wires showing in an effects shot because you want the audience to know how much work it took to get all of the blood and mechanics to, to, to work. And you can't right. do that. Just make, just make a really good effects reel for the DVD. Like, right. yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm impressed, but you know, at the expense of this, you have a lead character. I don't care about, you know, a, you know, the suggestions of emotional com uh, conflicts that I don't understand, um, you know, literal off-screen uh, antagonists and, you know, like a stakes and threat that we keep getting told about, but never like shown. Like we have to stop this thing from happening. Okay. You're going to, you're going to visualize something for me. No. Okay. Because, like, even Terminator shows, you know, Judgment Day at the beginning, and that movie cost almost nothing. Right. This looks really expensive. And it, it's, uh, but, you know, and, oh, Robert Pattinson in this movie, very good, by the way. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm really loving the second half of that guy's career. Yeah. And, and it's still a very young age, right? He started the second half of his career at, like, the minute like the third twilight movie came out and he went enough of this <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, he was just like done yeah 
Yeah. Cool. Well, I I think um, the Nazi party of Tenet is a good place to stop this episode because I need to go back to work. Right. Okay. So, Bob, you have anything going on you want to point people towards other than your, your normalcy? Uh, well, keep an eye out on the YouTube channel. The uh, re-uploads of all of the, uh, the 2020 uh, reviews that were previously on other channels are uh, coming there gradually so that it doesn't uh, dump out the YouTube algorithm all at once. But uh, there's uh, my, my previously uh, available reviews are uh, back up for Blood Quantum, Sonic the Hedgehog, and uh, Dragon Quest Your Story with more on the way. Uh, another big picture coming uh, this evening or uh, early tomorrow. Uh, so probably uh, Wednesday early, depending on when people listen to this. And uh, yeah, other than that, more things coming. So see it around. Yeah. Awesome, Bob. Thank you as always, dude. Um, and, you know, for for getting together with me. And thank you all for coming along with us on a tangent. And we'll both talk with you soon. Yes.